everybody. Uh, welcome to Chinchilla Picking Podcast for 1-2021. We're here to be entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. Brandon, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. How about you? Yeah, I, 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 I can say I've had better days, but then I, I, I feel blessed. I feel blessed today. So I didn't, have, I did not have a lot of people do, um, what do you would call it? April Fool's Day jokes on me. So, got to, got to count that as a plus there in the plus column. That's good. Did you see the, uh, the uh, dog and the, um, I think it was, what was it? Uh, trading desk or hold on let me pull it up real quick trading view did you see that you pulled up the trading view app today then you get the doji dog on the home screen for april fools i i did not no i did not pull up trading view today now that's very rare occasion for me but i did not pull it up today kind of glad i didn't (laughs) right that's what i use uh for when we're doing crypto that's what we chart crypto with um other than that i recommend the, the think or swim app from td or ameritrade that's usually what i use for stocks but <clears throat> i like the way you say stocks can you say stocks, stocks one stocks with an o c not o n <laughs> i killed that not, not stonks stonks we're not doing stonks here if i can figure out how to censor that i'm going to <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> well, if you can't guess it, guys, this show is about stocks. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Um, we actually didn't talk. We didn't talk about who's going first. This is a first. We didn't talk about that ahead of time. Hey, I can Brand- go. Yeah. Hey, th- you know what? Let's let Brandon take the show and, and roll with it here. Let me go over the rules one more time so everybody knows we go over the rules every week. Real quick. Rules are Brandon not. 15, 20 minutes for the show, maybe less. And we tell the other person what we're going to talk about. That way we don't have a whole lot of time to prepare. This is going to be more off the cuff. This is going to be a discussion between Brandon and myself, how we feel about certain things. The person presenting the issue is going to be the one who's the most prepared. So we take turns. Today's turn is Brandon's turn. So that's how the show works. Brandon, take it away. Hey, let's talk about Facebook for a second. Last week, um, I mentioned that that was a stock, S-T-O-C-K, and we went over the fundamentals. And since last week, Facebook is up 7.3%. So, Dave, you mentioned uh, the last episode that you were on, your 5% rule. There it is. Yeah, that, that's your that's your 5% for the week. You sold it. You, you made seven percent. You had a great week in my book. That's why I say. Yeah, great. So find these undervalued stocks that the uh, the media had, and I've mentioned this before when we talk about narratives that you want to watch for these narratives, right? Well, now the narrative's starting to flip a little bit. I'm hearing people on on the mainstream media, uh, the channel that rhymes with BNBC, and they're talking about um, how. The next, the next leg of the bull market, this just may be tech getting involved. Well, you know, uh, who, who called that, you know, a month ago when we were saying stocks, tech stocks aren't dead. And so that's what's happening. And you see well, the bonds are dead. Bonds are, you know what? They, 
even bonds are designed so that if they're unpopular, the rates are supposed to go up so that they become popular. But the government with the quantitative easing and all that stuff jumps in and buys them anyway. So the rates never become good enough to be popular. Guys, we're going to order t-shirts now that say, but bonds are bonds dead, are dead. with Brandon's face, face on it. There you go. Very angry <laughs> face. But you, so you see, if you would have gotten into Facebook last week or Apple, look, Apple, now all of a sudden they're saying Apple's a buy. Would have been great if a couple weeks ago when they were saying Apple, if they would have said Apple was a buy when Apple was at 116. We were saying it. You mean like when we were calling it a buy yes. and we still say it's a buy. We were saying I still say show. it's a buy. We were saying it on yes. the show. And at the time, I told people last week to not get into FUBU. You told people two weeks ago to not get into, what was the co- that stock again? Occugen. Occugen. That's right. And you know what? So we've been right. They've been wrong. We're not even paid. We do this for free. <laughs> We, we do this out of the goodness of our hearts, people, out of the goodness of our hearts. So we're going to go into this a little bit because the whole point of what I was just saying, what the, the whole reason why they were driving tech down was inflation fears, right? And the narrative was that inflation erodes the value of future earnings, which is why growth start, stocks get hit hard when inflation rears its ugly head. That's partially wrong, in my opinion, mostly, at least. Exceptions are that growth stocks do get hit hard, right, by inflation, but not because future earnings erode. Most of those earnings will adjust upward with inflation as the nature of inflation is that, yes, the dollar loses value, but there's more dollars circulating in the system. And prices in good, what Warren Buffett would call durable competitive advantage companies, they go higher with inflation as a result. The reason why good growth stocks get hit harder is that bond yields rise as bond investors leave bonds, okay, and they wait for more attractive higher rates to re-enter. When you're looking at investments, okay, all investments compete with each other, and they're all relative to each other as far as valuations go. Often, stock investors become bond investors, so they'll leave stocks and then buy bonds when bond rates start to become attractive. When big money leaves stocks in favor of bonds, the money that's left in stocks flocks to value investments because those are cheaper in terms of valuation metrics, at least, like price to earnings. And they have so where are you going with this in regards to inflation, man? Where are you going with this in regards to inflation? I'm getting there. One second. Okay. Much lower. Because I have something to say. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to finish, though. Okay. I'm getting there. So the money that's left in stocks that flocks to value investments because those are much cheaper in terms of valuation metrics, right? Like price to earnings. And they have a much lower margin of risk as a result. But that's not what's happening right now, at least not yet. Instead, what you're seeing playing out is the fear that it might happen. They're fearful that people will leave stocks in favor of, of, of bonds. That's healthy. Okay, that's, that's not a bad thing. So we're, we're revaluing downwards and stocks that kind of maybe got ahead of themselves. 
but that's that's not a bad thing. And I think that at the same time, with inflation worries, we're, we've all been distracted by the 10-year bond yield. What we probably should be paying attention to is the AAA corporate yields, because that's really what competes with stocks. Um, but one of the and one of the things that I want you to do, and I, I've been telling you to buy tech stocks because inflation hasn't really been that big as big of a problem as what people think it has been, and the ten-year bond rate is not that high. Okay, you need to be selective about the tech stocks that you're going into, but tech isn't dead. But you do need to be selective about it. So. Companies like Apple that have that durable competitive advantage, they have price flexibility. So if they need to, they can raise prices during an inflationary period. But they've also got a great gross margin, which makes them relatively uh, inflation proof. And then at the same time, they're not really reliant on production uh, of, from outside sources anymore. They make their own chips. Go, Dave. He's got I've been so you guys uh, you guys don't know this, but my my microphone's been on mute, and I've been I've been just like jumping up like like a, a guy doing the potty dance right here, saying please let me talk. Um, <laughs> all right, Brandon. So here here's here's something I got to say though. You're talking about this all in regards to inflation, and you say Apple's a buy in regards to inflation. Yes. Yes. As a stock trade, yes. Yes, a lot of companies are a buy in regards to inflation as a stock trade. I wouldn't say a lot. There's not that many that have the uh, the price advantage or the competitive advantage over their competitors. You have to be selective about it. So, well, here's my here's my question then. So, are companies on the New York Stock Exchange traded off of U.S. dollars? Yes. During inflation, does the U.S. dollar gain or lose value? It loses value. So if the U.S. dollar loses value, then it's not as strong as it used to be, right? Right. So then shouldn't everything move up in price, including stocks? Theoretically. Theoretically. I mean, you have a you have a degree in economics. Come on. Theoretically. No, no, I don't have a degree. I never finished it, but we we can edit that part out. So here's the (laughs) like I'm smarter than a lot of people that have degrees, so I'm okay with it. Yes, it, as long as it's not a situation where you have hyperinflation or stagflation where unemployment's going up and so is inflation at the same time. Regular inflation, yes, and in the past that has been the case where inflation is actually a boon for stocks. One second, because where else are you going to put your money to beat inflation? It's not been gold recently, and it's certainly not bonds, so people are now going to stocks to do it. Whoa, all right, whoa, whoa. I so wanted to jump over your voice right there. Yes, yes, it has been gold recently, by the way. If you look at gold and look at silver, I have, all right, so I don't want to say this out loud. Anyways, I've recently, uh, back in 2019, started buying a lot of silver and gold, like actual silver coins, silver dollars, gold, before they started jumping up in price. Right? Uh, Huh? Who are you going to sell them to? Uh, No one. I'm holding on to them. I'm going to will them on to uh, my daughter. But uh, in 2019, I started buying them. So in 2019, near the end, they started saying that they're looking at raising the rates in those. I bought more as much as I could. 2020, everybody started buying them. 2020, everybody started buying them, thus raising the rates of it. Inflation is going to raise 
the cost of gold and silver. It's just silver is used in so many different things other than just its 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 value in jewelry. Silver is used in electronics. Silver is used in chips. Silver is used in semiconductors. Silver is probably used in so many other things than just what you think of as, as gold. Right, but if you buy it as a regular person, then the person that you're going to sell it to is going to want it at a discount from the market. So you're going to buy it at market rate, and then you're going to sell it to somebody else at a 15% discount to the market rate. So that takes almost an entire year of investment out. So if you're going to do what you're doing with your daughter and you're, you're going to have it for you know years or decades even, then that's fine. But if you're somebody that's going to sell it in a couple of years, there's probably better ways to put better yeah. things to put your money into. Yes, yes, there is. Now, also in regards to inflation, it is also, I believe, bad for economy because what if wages don't stay up? with the cost of stocks or the cost of goods? What if wages are stagnant? Now, are those companies, say Apple moves up in the short term? Yeah, because inflation drives it up. Apple moves up. Wages are stagnant. Now, people can't buy as many Apple's services and goods because they have less money, even though the goods cost more. That could happen. That was a moment of silence for Brandon Beaver. I got a moment of silence out of him. <laughs> it looks like right now, though, wages are starting to go up. Like you heard Costco, the Costco employees, average Costco employees making $20 an hour right now. And their minimum wage is $15 an hour. Minimum wage at Amazon's $15 an hour. So wages are starting to move up. And I hope that that continues. But I think it's... It's a, kind of the perverse nature of our current Keynesian economy that we have to rely on two to two and a half percent inflation every year to see the, a healthy economy. We shouldn't have to do that. Most of that's because of interventions by the Federal Reserve and, and the government. But it is what it is. It is if, what if it is. If we can keep inflation at two percent right around there, we'll be fine. So how does this affect a stock investor or a stock trader? What should they be looking for? You need to be, first off, if you're looking for signs that a market is going out of control in a bubble, one of the things that you really need to be watching, and this seems contrarian because I'm telling you to buy these stocks while they're down because of inflation fears, but if everybody else stops caring about interest rates, especially in the AAA corporate bond yield and the 10-year yield, when they stop caring, that's when you need to sell because that's when people start getting too greedy. Does that make sense? And that's kind of one of the signs of an of a, a equities bubble for me. Um, but you really need to be, if you're investing in stocks during an inflationary period, you need to be picky about the things that you're buying. That doesn't mean to not buy tech. It just means to buy companies that have a durable competitive advantage where they can fluctuate their prices. They can increase them if they want to. And their gross margin is 40 percent or, be or better so that they can handle the impacts of inflation in case those things happen. Yeah, and I like what you're saying there. And yes, you should always not just during an inflationary year, but always put this due diligence of work in that you're, you're pointing out here. Always and always be selective. Uh, we could transition into the other one of the other things I was wanting to talk about 
and one of the reasons why we say to be so selective with your trades and your investments to not overtrade, don't just throw money at the market on a stock that you hope is going to go up just because you hope that it's going to go up. You don't want to gamble. I'm going to touch on that later on in one of my topics, but yes, yes, go ahead. Okay. The reason why it's hard to make money in the stock market is that like, if you're not being selective, then percentages and simple math just works against you. If you start with $1,000 and you lose 50%, you're down to $500, right? Now you're trying to use that $500 to get back to 1000 Well, now that means that you have to make 100% on that $500. So you lost 50%. Now you got to make 100% to get back to even. And so one big loss can really set you back for months or even years Go ahead. Yeah, and that and they always try to get back from that five hundred to a thousand in one trade, and I'm just like, yep. that, get that out of your head. Get that out of your head. Yeah, I mean, it, panic selling is not the only thing that exists. Panic buying is a thing too. So, and that's part of that, you know. Um, and I kind of uh, people like that that are just throwing money at the market at stocks that don't deserve to have their money. To be honest with you, I heard the other day an analyst on CNBC said that he wants to keep people in the market um, and just to educate them. And I actually want them out of the market and I want them doing what me and you did when we had to learn our lessons. I want them to be paper trading and reading. And then once they've learned those lessons, then come back to the market and put your money in. Because if you're one of these people that's just throwing money at the market or if you've lost 50 percent and you're trying to make it back, stop. Because you're just hurting yourself. Just stop. Maybe take a couple months off, calm down, and read, and you'll come back more confident. Dude, I mean, what I always try to bring up to people is my first $5,000 I invested with, I lost it all. I lost it all in six months. I traded it down to nothing. Literally traded down to nothing. I got down to like 50 bucks, and I just pulled it out and bought myself a meal somewhere out of condolence. But, it, it I mean <laughs> – you can't trade down to zero, guys. It happens. I've done it, you know, and I traded back from it. Yeah, because you took the time to learn from it. You calmed down. You cleared your head, and and, and you learned exactly. And I calmed, you came back more confident. Yeah, I took a break. I calmed down, cleared my head. I did paper trading, like you're saying there. I love paper trading. It's a great way to do things. And me and Dave are both pretty good at this. So if you're one of those people that's in that position where you've lost a lot of money and you're trying to make it back, this isn't to make you feel bad because we've all been there. We've had those big losses. We've had those those bad days. We, we've been there. We, we've gone through them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I just mentioned, I told you to go ahead, take a break, read some books, and come up with a um, – a strategy that matches your personality, your risk appetite, and all those good things. And you need to decide whether you're an investor or a trader. And some people can be both, but you just have to, I think that you treat, you treat your trades differently than you do your investments. But if you're one of the people that can do both, that's great. So I came up with some books that I recommend and I, I divided them between investing books and trading. Brandon, books. one of those days, one of these days, you'll join us in the group that can do both. <laughs> I do both. <laughs> Bonds are dead. I'm telling you, that's Bonds the next t shirt, guys. Look for for sale. 
It doesn't mean that you can't trade bonds. It just means buying and holding is probably not a good idea. And it's sad too, really, isn't it? Because bonds are supposed to, they're supposed to save you from inflation, but they're not. I'm telling you, Brandon, of, of all the people that listen to this podcast, because it's growing each week, it, it grows each week, more and more people listen. I, I'm going to make sure everybody knows Brandon Beaver, bonds are dead. <laughs> yeah the next year they'll be back up to like 1980s high or something there you like go that. i'm just kidding they won't be because i know what i'm doing <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome that was awesome <laughs> so recommended books for investors the most important one for me well we're gonna tie they're gonna be tied okay you recommended the most important one to me and the very beginning, the Warren Buffett way. That gets you started. Love it. I read it three the second times. Most, the, all of these are going to have a central theme. You'll see what I'm talking about <laughs> when I get through them. Warren Buffett and the interpretation of financial statements. And then number three is Buffettology. Yes, yes. The Oracle of Omaha. He doesn't get the name Oracle for no reason. Yeah, he's my hero. He's a mage. <laughs> For trading, The Complete Idiot's Guide to Options Trading. If you're going to be a swing trader where you buy one day and then you sell the next, or maybe even you buy one day and then you sell like a month out or something, anytime really in the time frame between one day and three months is sort of swing trading. So if you're going to swing trade, A Beginner's Guide to Making Money with trend following is a great one. And then how to day trade for a living if you're a day trader. Those are my books. Love day trading. I've never read that day trading book. I might pick it up now. It's a good one. Is it? I'm reading a book on sugar right now and the history of it. So I might have to put a pause on that and uh, do this day trading one. That sounds interesting. Actually. I know. I, I am so, guys, I, I have a boring life. Okay. It's, it's not exciting over here. It's really not. But unless you're my into stocks, then it's super my... exciting. <laughs> yeah. My most exciting part of my week right now is when the food that built America comes on on Sunday nights. <laughs> oh, man. That's a good one. If you're into history and sugar or food. You hear that, kid? You, you start trading in, in tens of thousands of dollars all the time every week, and this is your life. It, it's books and the foods <laughs> that built America. This is what we're into. Um, all right, you gotta do something to chill out, like the rest of your life has to be calm. Seriously, this the market and researching and keeping tabs on it will give you enough blood pressure and rush as it is. You don't need that rush anywhere else, but uh, I still like to have fun. Yeah. I plan on, on a on a Badlands trip coming up, anyways. Here we go. Is I guess it's my turn. Well, hold oh, on. it's not. I'm gonna add one more thing to this. I want to add one more thing to this, okay? Because we're talking about Apple being a buy and, and how I think that their earnings can adjust to healthy inflation. Everybody has been paying, everybody that's an Apple investor or trader has been paying attention to the entire electric vehicle thing, right? Now, Apple has already had BMW 
and a couple of other automakers walk away from deals with them because they seem to be too stringent. And I'm going to say this, if they cannot get a partner within the year for EVs, I don't think I want them to do it. I certainly don't want them to manufacture an electric vehicle by themselves because it's automaking is too competitive. I want a partner, but if they don't do it within the year, they're going to be way behind. And if they don't, to be honest with you, I almost don't care if they have an electric vehicle because I still think even without that, they're undervalued. Go ahead. You know, and I agree with you. I agree with you. They're going to be way behind. They got to they got to get ahead of this game and get a partner, get going now. Now, what I do understand is also taking your time and making sure you have the right product to bring to the market. You know, just look at the Macintosh point example. Yep. So Apple knows kind of has a history in this of taking their time, bringing some of the market when it's ready and right. But I do also agree with you that if they wait too long, they're going to miss out. I think that's all I got. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. You mean I get to talk now? Well, we talk I get about- to talk? Oh, and shout out to our Instagram. Follow us at Chinchilla Picking on Instagram. We put a lot of good stock picks there. So also that. And then I mentioned this last week, uh, the Chewy Piranha podcast. Very funny. Go listen to it. There you go, guys. Chewy Piranha. And follow us on Instagram at Chinchilla Picking on Instagram. All right. Hey, if you follow us and DM that you heard to follow us in this Instagram, I have a metal water ball, uh, water bottle for the first person that DMs us saying and follow us from this podcast. All right. I got, I'm going to ship it out to you. So chinchilla picking water bottle. It's coming your way. You let me know. DM us. All right. All right. Here we go, Brandon. Are you ready? So, what I have for you, it's exciting, it's hip, it's cool, it's everything I'm not. It's all about cryptocurrency, and it's about one specific one, and it's one that I have called out on our Instagram. It is Riot, R-I-O-T, Riot, Bitcoin mining company, right? I know, slow down. On our Instagram, I made a call on it at the wrong time. Here's I'm going to explain a little bit behind the call, but I want to get your thoughts before I go into uh, what I was thinking and where my thoughts are still with it. But on, on the Instagram, it was posted, still posted. Buy it below 58, sell it above 60, 60, 61. Swing trade this every every week, week in, week out. It was channeling perfect for me. I was making a ton of money off of it. I was very happy with it. Um, then it took a big drop down. Went down all the way down to 39. I lowered my cost basis on the position I was having in it. Got my cost basis way down and ended up making a little bit of money on it. Not much, but that's where we're at. I still like Riot. Give me your thoughts on Riot, Brandon. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know much about Riot other than what you just told me. Um, my thoughts on – How about on, Bitcoin? Um, this. So let me let me give you this, okay? My thoughts on blockchain train blockchain blockchain traded companies on the New York Stock Exchange has always been. It always comes down to why not just buy Bitcoin? So, and 
in admitted complete ignorance of these blockchain companies, whether it be Coinbase or Riot, I ask you, why not? And here's my response. Bitcoin takes a 1% rise. Riot takes a 10% rise. Plus, if you're playing options, even higher. I can make more money quicker doing swing trades on Riot than I can on Bitcoin. Now, Bitcoin in the long term is a great investment in my book. Not for not forever. There is a time limit on it. But if for the next number of years, I see uh, Bitcoin being a great investment, long-term investment, Riot is my trading one, the one I trade. So I day trade, I swing trade, and I have investments. I have all three. Riot is a great day trade. It's a great swing trade. It's definitely one I watch. It moves with Bitcoin. When Bitcoin goes down, Riot goes down. When Bitcoin goes up, Riot goes up. It's easy to follow. It's easy to watch. It's easy to see a channel where it's at currently because it always channels. That's definitely one thing I'm looking at. It has 13,746 bit main ant miners. That's how many machines they have mining currently of Bitcoin. They're using up megawatts of power in New York. This is in New York. This is where it does. This is where I'm thinking. You can buy and sell cryptos, right? You're saying, why not just buy Bitcoin? You can use Coinbase, Kraken, even Robinhood, Binance, Bitfinex, different places like that. There used to be one called Mt. Gox. Do you know why that's not around? Or you don't hear about it much more? Why? It got hacked. So did Coinbase. Millions, millions of value at that time when Bitcoin was at 3,000, just 3,000 people, 3,000 a coin. It got hacked and lost millions of value. So imagine how many coins disappeared during that time and went to someone who, who hacked them. Coinbase has been hacked before. These are one. I mean, that's the only issue I have with a lot of these is they keep getting hacked. How secure are they? Now, how, how long has it been since I've heard of a hacking of a major one? It's been about a year. So does that mean they got their, their technology together? I don't know. Do I trust them? I don't know. I trust Robinhood for, for trading, for the security of my money trading it. I don't know yeah, about their transactional. They, they've suffered some recent setbacks the past year as far as moving transactions in an efficient way. But... As far as the security my money, yeah. I mean, Robinhood seems to be the most secure out of all these. Or, and then second would be Coinbase, even though Coinbase has been hacked. And people have lost money. I still say Riot is the best way to go. That's the best way to go is using Riot to trade Bitcoin. Well, there's been a lot of criticism of Robinhood over their security. But for me, I'm the same way. I do trust it. And the reason why is because... I lock my account and and lock my withdrawals until I'm going to need to withdraw. And then I just lock it again. So nobody can touch it. You know, I have, I have my fingerprint. You have to get use my fingerprint with my password. And then beyond that, it's very hard to get into my account. Right, exactly, so. exactly. And then the other, other thing that people criticize Robinhood for is the fact that you don't use it as a wallet. So you don't get like the wallet key. Or whatever, but if you're just if you're using it as an investment, it doesn't matter. The price of Bitcoin's the same. Exactly. Same. The only Brandon, the only real reason I've heard other sites is because they have all these other cryptocurrencies you can use. 
Oh, what's hold on, hold on. Your mic cut out, or something happened with with the uh, iPad here. So go the only other reason I see why people use these other exchanges is because there's all these other cryptocurrencies that you can trade, right? There's all these other small up and coming new ones mm -hmm. that comes into my next few points about cryptocurrencies. Why do you want to trade crypto? That's a question I want people to ask yourself. Why are you looking to trade crypto? What are you trying to accomplish here by trading cryptocurrencies? What's your end goal? Because when I talk to people, Brandon, here's my here's what I get out of them. They they're they're looking at what happened in 2020 and they're saying there could be a big rush up this next month in this cryptocurrency here, or there could be a big jump coming up in this here. So their end goal is to get a big jump in a short period of time and make 10 to 100 times their money. If that's your end goal, my question for you is, are you chasing a dragon here? You know, where are you going with this, man? Because if your end goal is just to be financially secure so you can provide for your family and afford to have a life that brings you, you know, whatever you want to accomplish out of life, because the money shouldn't be the the goal. It's, it should be the the tool to achieve your goals in life. If your goal is just to make 10 or 100 times your money, I mean, you could do that trading stocks, doing 5% a week. You don't need to chase a cryptocurrency dragon in order to make it happen. Now, can you make money trading cryptocurrency? Yes, of course you can. I've tried it recently with certain uh, – I threw a little bit of money into my Robin account just strictly for cryptocurrency trading, which is funny because I bought some Doge over the weekend and I set a limit order in. I woke up, uh, or not over the weekend, earlier this week, I woke up uh, today and my Doge order had gone through. <laughs> I made the money while I was sleeping. It was great, you know? And I'm just messing awesome. around with a little bit of money. But yes, so yes, the answer is you can make money with it. But ask yourself, what's your intention? What's your goal? Are you looking for a short-term get-rich-quick, or are you actually trying to create something that's secure, that's going to last, you're going to be able to repeat it time and time again and not just have one good luck? Yes, because if you're if you're doing a, a identified strategy, then if it starts to go south, you'll recognize it right away. And you'll be able to get out of it, you know. If you're investing in Bitcoin and you're investing long, then, you know, then you're like me and Dave. We hate inflation. We don't think that it should be what's looked at as a healthy economy or a symptom of a healthy economy. And, you know, you're really trying to beat inflation, which is what Bitcoin has been doing this year. Uh, and then you see, you know, things happening overseas in other countries with dictators and people trying to you know, hide their money from big government forces, things like that, and you see that as a good thing as we do, then you can invest in Bitcoin. And as long as it acts as that reserve, that store of value for people that need it, then it's going to be a working investment. You know, if it, if it starts to not be that, then you can get out of it. Or if you're trading, say, for example, if you trade on the MACD, you know, and you use strategies associated with that, then you just follow those things. You don't just toss money at something because as we just discussed, that could be a big problem. You're just going to lose money and it's harder to make the money back than you lose. So I guess I took sort of the long road to get to saying that I agree with you 100%.
have a strategy. Don't, don't, don't screw with the strategy and just focus and stay focused on what you want to do and what you're trying to do. And if Bitcoin doesn't fit into what you're trying to do or Ethereum or Doji or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Let me throw out a few other ticker symbols here. Some other companies you guys can take a look at. Now, when you look at these, don't go and buy them. I'm not doing a buy recommendation on any of these. What I'm giving you is a list of Bitcoin related cryptocurrency related companies that if you watch them, see if they channel, see if they have some movements, look behind them. How do they make money? What goes on? Do your research, guys. First one is Riot. Riot right now at 52 and change. That's literally right now. I have the CNBC rolling across my screen as we're doing this podcast. So right now, 52 and change. That one, probably a buy right now. I would buy it. Um, even though I just, you know, anyways. H-U-T-M-F. H-U-T-M-F. Hut 8 Mining Company. That's one. C-A-N. That's Canaan Inc. C-A-N. Canaan Inc. And E-B-O-N. E-Bank International Holdings. E-B-O-N. Those are four ones you guys can look into, research, and do, do your due diligence Trade the stocks. They have bigger swings than Bitcoin does as far as percentages. And everything should be percentages and not dollar amounts. Because percentages is what gets you to gain in the end. All right. My last little piece here. I wanted to, to talk just a little bit about this. This was put in at the end. I really didn't research this one that much. We actually uh, were talking about something else in our pregame, if you will. And this came up and it was financials. The financials of 2020. And they had an excellent year. And I made this statement a, a few weeks back. I don't know if it was on this podcast show or just Brandon and I talking. But I made the statement that I felt that financials had a great 2020. They made a ton of money. They were doing well. And in the weeks following that, they went up. You know, Then the financials started reporting their, their returns. And the returns were great. They had good earnings, just like I said they would. And Morgan Stanley just came out today, said they're raising their dividend. They want to pay out more money to stockholders, shareholders. The financials are do, were doing fine in 2020. The question is, okay, now we've had the earnings announcements. Now we've had everything come out on them. Now we've seen the returns on in their stock price because of that. Can they replicate it this year? No. You're not going to replicate those returns this year. You're going to you, – if they come have a good year, if they have a positive year, it's not going to be nothing like 2020. Nothing. 2020 was just an asterisk year. It's one of those years you put the asterisks on in, in sports and you just say that was a weird year. That's that's all that is. Having said that, and I bring this up for a reason, I had an associate, a co-worker of mine at work, open up a 401k for the first time ever. And I was going in there and I was explaining what to look for in 401ks, why you pick one fund over another. And this is coworker of mine. He's going through and he's looking at all the stocks and the one-year returns on a lot of these mutual funds was 50, 60, 80% returns for the one year. It was outrageous. He goes, oh, look how great this one's doing. you know. And I'm like, that was just one year in his last year, dude. That was a weird year. And you have to take that into consideration when you're looking at these financial companies of whether or not you want to buy them. They're going to have reports of earnings and financial reports from 2020 that are going to be 
astronomical compared to every other year. You you have to take that out in the zone and really look into these financial companies and see how their money's invested, where their money's invested, who's running the show, just like you do when you look at your 401k and you're picking what fund to put your money in, right? You want a fund that's been around. These are my three rules, ready? I want a fund that's been around over 10 years. Why do I want a fund that's been around for over 10 years? Because more than one person has ran that fund. Because if only one person has ran that fund and it's and it's had a great run for that time that that person's ran it, they go and leave and they go somewhere else, that fund usually will drop off because that company's not taking care of it. But if a fund's been around for over 10 years, it means the company's going to take care of that fund. They're going to put their top fund managers in there to make sure it gets its, its returns. And then I want a fund that's going to consistently over the life of it, not the past year, not the past five years, not the past 10 years, over the life of the fund, I want a return of over minimum 12% for, for a mutual fund that I'm going to put my money in, right? The, those are the two main things I look for. And then the third thing I look for is, man, I don't want bonds. I'm with Brandon on this. I don't want anything that related to bonds. But those are the three rules I have for my 401ks. But I want to make sure everybody understood that about financials. When you're looking at, to invest in maybe a financial company or a firm at this moment in time, keep in mind it's going to be skewed due to last year. Also, I think and, – and I've mentioned this to you before. I haven't really done banks that often. Um, but it may be hard – for them to grow on the earnings, the spectacular earnings that they've had in the past year, because there's so many different laws and regulations that require them to keep so much capital on hand, which is fine for the stability of the banking institutions, but it's really, really tough to get. Right. And do we need a, do we need a two day waiting period on our funds or is one day enough? Anyways, that's a whole nother topic. Uh, I, I had one person, we had one listener who did uh, send us a question, and I'm I'm going to uh, go over their stock here. They had a question about a company, and they put it to us, and they wanted to know what our opinion was on it. So the company, the ticker symbol is C-H-E-K, C-H-E-K, and it's Check Cap, Check Cap Limited. So with this company, they're asking uh, what we thought, where I, where I thought our opinion was. Brandon said he'll let me take this one. So I'll take this one. You look into the company, and what they do is they do a lot of uh, oncology testing, specifically for colon. They have a lot of innovative technology that's been approved in, in smaller countries, such as Israel and and cer- certain countries in Europe, but not in the U.S. yet. They have a U.S. study plan for this year that they call Pivotal, and that they're saying that it has a lot of hope that they uh, make it full FDA approval for all of their devices that they have, which if they do is great. However, there has been many by, and here's my worry. Here's why I'm wary. I've seen many biopharma companies that have had great results. They've done stage three, everything looked great. They had the manufacturing plant ready to run. And you know what? They just, I don't know. They didn't pay off the right person. They didn't impress the right person. I don't know what happened. FDA did not approve it. Uh, and so they went back to the drawing board to stage three again. And it was it can take years for them to finally get that approval. Having said that, this company looks like they have everything together. They look like 
they could get U.S. approval. Maybe not this year. Maybe at the beginning of next year. So what you want to look for is one on a company like this that doesn't quite have U.S. approval and isn't ready. I want to wait for a time for it to where it comes back down to reality a little bit more before I'll put my money in because it will. It will. The first time it gets denied for something or the first time a article comes out that, it, hey, oh, it's waiting on this or it's going to wait on that because that's going to happen because they haven't even finished their stage three for U.S. yet. That's when it's going to drop. That's when I'll put my money in. That's when I'll buy. I wouldn't. Uh, I would wait a little bit longer for a little bit more of a dip before I would buy. And that's just one man's opinion. That's all that is. Brandon, last words before we close out the show. What you got? Well, well, it was C A. Oh, now, oh, now Brandon's look. Now I peaked Brandon's interest, and he's looking into this guys. He had no interest before the show, but now he's like, oh, whoa, whoa, mate. whoa, whoa. Well, I thought about it because I see here back. Yeah, the 52-week high was at 450. Around January yeah. 5th, you have a gap up here. And with these kind of stocks, you sometimes want to wait for it to trade lower to close that gap. So for me, not being, not being a penny stock, guy because it's not usually my strategy or my risk appetite but if i was to do it i would look for it to trade back down below a dollar maybe even towards 50 cents to close that gap off a little bit because oftentimes when you have a company that gaps like that exactly exactly and you wait for it to come back down before you buy yep gaps often close even in big stocks so if, if you're trading something and one of the ways that I'll sell, if I get a gap up in the morning, I'll, I'll often sell that gap up because I know that in the next couple of days. Exactly. And the only, the only way they gap. keep that gap up is if, again, you actually have FDA approval, then it will stay up. Or for other companies, there you maybe go. good earnings. But Not yeah. Cisco. Agreed. <laughs> Anyways. Not. Hey, one other thing that I want one one other thing that I wanted to mention. If you're speaking of Cisco, because it's a tech stock, if you, if you are going to get into tech stocks, and like I said, be be picky. And it was a great idea to get in when these things were getting hammered. I mean, what my biggest strategy is a get a big company gets hammered for a reason that really doesn't affect its core business. Then you buy that company and then wait for the rest of the market to catch on to the fact that its core business hasn't been, you know, affected. And then you sell it for a profit when the rest of the market catches on to it. But what you need to be doing is being selective. One of the things that you need to be looking at is the balance sheet and uh, the market capitalization of the company. How many shares outstanding does the company have compared to the prior years? If you see that the company is consistently increasing shares outstanding, that means that they're selling shares to the public to finance their daily adventures, and that's not a company that you should generally be in. Sometimes companies like Salesforce will sell equity into the market, and then it'll turn out in the end to make sense because it wound up being a good investment. But oftentimes it's just decreasing the percentage that you own in the company, and you really, and it's actually decreasing the value of your stock as a result. 
you really should be looking in general for companies that are decreasing their yep, shares outstanding, exactly. meaning they're buying them back. You wrapped it up there did at I the end sense, of a nice little bow. So I liked it. That... Hey, and Riot keeps moving higher, okay, guys. Riot keeps moving higher. <laughs> yeah. Just it, just why, since I mentioned it's gone up uh, 12 cents, I like to call that the David effect. Hey, we'll put that on our list. The fact of the matter is, you know, we were telling you to buy Salesforce at 205 and Apple at 116. Some of the big-time analysts on TV were telling you to buy Apple at 120. One guy in particular told you to buy it when it was at 240. There was radio silence when it went down to 205. Right, exactly, exactly. I'm not trying to pat us on the back or anything like that. I'm just telling you, we, we do know what we're doing. And we're, we are genuinely trying to help people because we're not getting paid for this right now. Maybe in the future we might, but right now we are doing it for free. For. We're doing Why? It for free. Because we want to be entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want to make everybody money. Brandon, last word. See you next week, guys. See you next week. Have a happy Easter. Enjoy your Easter weekend.